0: Oh my God, you're like listening to G'day World with Cameron Riley on the Podcast Network. Whatever. G'day, you're listening to Cameron Riley on the Podcast Network. My guest today is Dr. David Skellen, Chief Executive Officer of NICTA. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with NICDA, I'll actually get David to do a bit of an introduction in the beginning of the show. But basically, it's an Australian federal government project for making sure that we have a centre of ICT excellence in Australia. And David has been the CEO there for the last couple of years. Now, he's actually got a background. He's got a background in um, engineering. He was an academic for quite a few years. But in 1997, he was one of the co-founders of the Arda group of companies in Australia and the USA, which uh, he and the other owners sold to Cisco in 2001. So he's got a background in information technology. He's got a uh, background in entrepreneurship and uh, is doing a great job running NICTA from what I can tell. So I was at a, an event down in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales a few weeks ago. Phil Sims' uh, event that he runs a couple of times a year where they bring sort of IT journalists and bloggers together with IT vendors and CIOs together for a bit of a a chat and and, uh, seminars and drinks and presentations and that kind of stuff. And usually these presentations are a little bit dry, you know what uh, IT people are like when they get up on stage. But uh, David did, I think it was the keynote on the first day and it was quite fiery and he... uh, Paid out on Telstra and, uh, and pretty much all Australian companies uh, complaining about how little of their massive profits that they make, they sink back into genuine research and development. And he was talking about the fact that if Australia wants to be a world leader in um, information technology, that you know, we need to have a significant R&D into those areas in this country, and I had a bit of a chat to him about uh, sort of the, the climate for startup investing and etc anyway he was very very passionate very fiery uh, un, very unusual both for somebody who works for a government agency as well as somebody speaking at one of these events so anyway when I got an opportunity to sit down with him for ten minutes, I pulled out my iPod plugged the mic in, and um, here 's what we talked about for, for people who maybe are not aware of NICTA and your mission. Can you give us the overview of who NICTA is and and what you're here to do?
1: So NICTA is Australia's Centre of Excellence in Information and Communications Technology Research. We're the largest um, research centre in Australia dedicated to ICT. Um, We have about 730 people in five labs in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane and Canberra. Uh, and uh, that includes 300 full-time PhD students who do their degrees uh, awarded by our partner universities, but they actually do their research in our labs. And NICTA's formed really to try and um, improve Australia's performance in the use of research in ICT to build competitive products, processes and services.
0: Why does Australia need something like NICTA?
1: Well, Australia's performance in the ICT sector is... um, not as good as it could be. <laughs> if you look at, at our uh, uh, overall, the size of the sector, it's it's internally about $80 billion, it's about 9% of the economy. Um, and uh, if you consider what the performance of the, the, the sector is in terms of its exports, and you know, you can question it, but a lot of people use export performance as an indicator of the competitiveness of the sector then you find that um, in most sectors of the economy Australia punches about its weight in terms of its GDP weight um, in, the, in the global economy, which is around, you know, depending on how you measure, it, 1.7 to 2%. Um, and in most sectors of the economy we perform pretty well, so our export performance is, is in that sort of league. In mining we're much better, of course, we're about 4.4% of the world, and agriculture we're high as well. Um, even in manufacturing where we're not considered to be very strong we're still respectable 1.4, 1.3% right in ICT we're about (laughs) 0.1% we're like 10 times worse and uh, we just don't export anything like um, the amount of goods and services that really a country of our expertise and and capacity and capability should be performing should be uh, exporting so that's why we need it right? and I think what what it, um, The real issue is that we're not exporting, there could be a lot of reasons but certainly one of them is that we don't use research for competitive advantage and in the ICT sector fundamental research is what underpins sustainable competitive advantage. Uh, when you look at all the measures in the economy um, for uh, the dollar measures of our investment we're way underinvested in ICT um, so there's a whole lot of factors that point to the, to the end resu- point to why the, we have this end result um, and that's really why NICTA needs to be there. Um, it's a start we could do a lot more but you know NICTA's um, got a sizeable investment from uh, the public purse and we are uh, focusing very strongly on, on bridging that gap between research and markets so that we can produce and help uh, the Australian ICT sector produce globally competitive uh, products.
0: Rather than fund a a standalone research lab, wouldn't it be uh, more in line with uh, free market economics for the government to create additional R&D incentives for the ICT industry, for the existing companies that are out there not doing this uh, R&D that you think they should be doing?
1: Well, you need both. Um, I think you do need incentives for companies, not just in the ICT sector, but in all sectors, um, to do R&D, I and mean, countries across the world do that. Um, additionally, though, the sorts of research that NICTA does um, is in the category of fundamental research, basic ICT research. Um, and in, again, in all economies of the world, that level of research is done is funded by government. It's government funded. It just doesn't happen um, to the extent it needs to without government support. Um, if you look at the trends, particularly over the last 20 years, you see a significant decline in the number of companies that are doing basic research. Uh, companies like IBM, of uh, you know, uh, Bell Labs, and th- these sort of great icons of research in the past are now pulling back from that and they're outsourcing and increasingly expecting um, universities and national labs, publicly funded research institutes to do that basic research.
0: Why is that? Isn't that, uh, isn't that reducing their opportunity to, to develop and own the, the critical intellectual property for the next generation of technology? Is it just short term thinking?
1: Cameron, I don't really know the answer to that, you know, I can surmise, but it, it certainly seems to be a product of the, the um, quarter-focused result mentality that we have in all of our public companies and publicly listed companies. The market pressures are such that people have increasingly had to focus on efficiencies um, in their businesses. They have to uh, worry about how investors are going to view their company. Um, and and the, an outcome of that whole of the whole market system we have seems to be that it's pushed, progressively pushed CEOs uh, and boards to worry about short-term issues, um, and defer, if not completely abandon, any concern about long-term strategies. In, it's particularly in the ICT sector. Perhaps it's the rate of... of and also the uh, financial sector and, and in the U.S.
0: as well at the well, moment, we can yeah, argue.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, there are there are sectors where that isn't the case. And so you find in the mining sector that there are very, very long-term plans, you know, long-term initiatives the, through prospecting prospecting phases, you know, basic exploration uh, through to pilot plant developments. Uh, and you can. we're looking here at projects that can last, you know, several generations um, and so we do see long term investment and long term thinking in, in that industry um, it's by necessity perhaps uh, but it's it's it doesn't surprise me that we do so well in that right, That we certainly have the resources but we've had the people the visionary people who have recognised the need for long term planning and long term investment in that sector um, and so we, ha- we have a strong mining sector and you know, you'd know, you hope that we would. Yeah.
0: You talked a little bit in your uh, presentation today about uh, the lack of kids going into IT. Yeah. Um, what do you think can be done about that? How do we make IT more attractive? You, you had a robot clarinet that you showed off today, which was interesting. But outside of that <laughs> gimmicky things, how, how do we get
1: kids interested in what should be one of the most exciting professions yeah. out there? Yeah, look, so you call it a gimmicky thing, but actually <laughs> I don't think it's just a gimmicky thing. It, it's, it's actually showing kids that uh, IT is not just about PC programming. It's not about programs, you know, to make your windows look better and, uh, and, and sim- simple widgets and gadgets on your computer. That increasingly... IT and communications is about interacting with the real world, you know, we're seeing a progressive move of getting computers into everyday objects and and that whole robot clarinet player or robot instrument players, which is a whole series of them we're looking at developing, are just to excite kids about the, the fact that lots of things are getting computerised. Lots of objects that are everyday inanimate objects are getting computers put in them, they're becoming smart things, you know. Smart toys. Um, your mobile phone's already very smart, right? I don't know if we'll ever have smart fridges, really, but <laughs> one day I'm sure we will. So, lots of things have got uh, computing in them, and it's really a challenge to get um, young people to address the the to see the and and excite excite them, get their interest in what can they do to be engaged in. Um, that future and how can they have an impact on it. And while ever it's hidden and you can't see what the connections are, then you have a big challenge to actually get their interest because they just see a black boss um, and they don't understand what's going on in it. And so we really think that this um, robot playing, you know, managing robots at all, where you expose every little part of it and people can see what's happening. Uh, Most kids now learn to play musical instruments, they know the complexity of it, they know how difficult it is. And then to realise that you can actually, buy a system of levers or whatever the, you know, and um, uh, some kind of blowing mechanism, you can get a computer to control that. I think it provides a direct connection in their immediacy to them that we hope will get them to understand that these things are not uh, problems that, can, that need to be left to everyone else. That, you know, even them, even they can get involved in it at, at a relatively early age. Um, there are other interesting ones you can do. I mean, the robot one, the robot musical instrument player is a very challenging one. And, and we took it up because we thought that the, um, uh, most kids like music, right? And if we could get that melding of the music and the technology, it might be an interesting way to go. We'll see how it works out. Um, there's an awful lot of activity by way of, again, of having these mechanical things associated, robotics, uh, that Lego's doing. You know? So, um, And that's involving a lot more school kids. It's less complicated, um, but it, it's, it's another effort that um, you know we think is a really good one for, for people to be involved in. No, in generally, the issue is get them engaged. Get them engaged in what the capabilities of the technologies are and what the applications of it are, not the technology itself, you know, not the intricacies of the programming or the abstract implementations, but real physical implementations of what can happen.
0: Uh, uh, John Grant, uh, who I think is uh, running the AWIA at the moment in Australia, said something to me just recently about uh, something that reflected... Uh, your presentation today, where you said people don't see what's happening in IT—it's it's all under the covers. It doesn't have a very, high, you know, high profile, despite Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and those sorts of guys. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you think that IT can do to to raise the profile of it, apart from this perception of a bunch of hairy, overweight pizza-eating geeks, <laughs> which still, unfortunately, in 2008, is the perception of IT, right?
1: Yeah. Well I think we have to do more to, to um, talk about our, what we're doing in plain English, um, to talk about the capabilities uh, of the technology in terms of its applications, not in terms of its intricacies and complexities. Uh, and there's a, there's a general education uh, program that, that we need to go through, and centres like Nick to need to go through to be able to convey the excitement um, and, and the usefulness and the application of the technology. Uh, and then there's a, there's a step to make that says, and you know, this doesn't have to be developed elsewhere. We can do it here. And look, actually we are doing it here, right? And then the opportunity that this opens up for people, they can start to see themselves as part of that industry. Well, ever it's a black box that's brought in from overseas, and we don't see what's happening. We don't understand how the application really happens. Um, it's just like another car we're importing, right? <laughs> we, never, we don't have to know how it's built. We don't have to get inside it to understand it. We just get in and we drive it. Um, but there's a the car industry in Australia, and a lot of people realise if they want to get into a car industry in Australia, you know, they can go and work in a car industry in Australia. Um, and our people... Prime Minister is spending lots of taxpayers' money in keeping it here. That's Right. Um, You know, if they want to get into IT, there is an industry in Australia and we need to make it better and more attractive.
0: Thanks, Britta, Tom.